Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, a director at Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool, for all things tax, trust, pensions, and much, much more. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by my colleague, Ben Ward. Ben is our Trust Registration Service Support Advisor. Hello, Ben. How are you? Hi, Eddie. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on today's podcast. I'm excited to get into all things TRS. Brilliant, brilliant. So before we start, I'm going to ask you the important question. So I'm going to have one of my favourite teas. What's your drink of choice today? I've stuck with the trusty H2O uh, today. Um, I've already coffeeed up this morning. That's a, that's a safe, definitely a safe option. Um, so, Ben, if we can sort of look at um, some of the trust registration questions that we've got, uh, could you, first of all, give us a quick reminder uh, of TRS uh, and its purpose, please? Sure. So for anyone who hasn't heard already, the Trust Registration Service, TRS, is a European-wide anti-money laundering requirement that's essentially looking to find out who are all the beneficial owners of trusts are to further combat financial crime. So since 2017, HMRC have required any taxpaying trust to be registered with them through the online trust registration service. The latest UK money laundering regulations have now extended this requirement to include most non-taxable trusts, which is also now need to be registered on the TRS. What this means is that for all relevant trusts must register with HMRC through their TRS portal. Any existing non-taxable trust should have been registered by the 1st September 2022. If this deadline has been missed, the trust should be registered as soon as possible. For any new trust set up from the 4th of June 2022, it must register within 90 days of being created. Any changes made to the trust, for example a change of trustee or beneficiary, must also be notified to the register within 90 days of the change. So that all sounds quite complicated. And I'm thinking a lot of trustees are probably older individuals and there's a lot of trusts out there. So just remind us, um, who is required to register with the TRS? Yes, so if a trust is required to register under the TRS, then it is the trustees who must register the trust. If there is more than one trustee, then they, might, then they have a joint legal responsibility to register the trust. But only one trustee needs to do the registration. The trustees should decide between themselves who will be the lead trustee and will register the trust under the TRS. The lead trustee will then be the main point of contact for HMRC. Alternatively, the trust can choose to pay an agent to register the trust on their behalf, but I'll get more into that later on. So you mentioned that uh, if there's a change, once you've registered, if there's a change to trust, you have to update the trust. Um, and it feels like there's a lot of work and, um, and I suppose, you know, just reflecting back over the sort of period of registration that we've been through, um, a lot of trustees perhaps are, are not digitally savvy. So, so we've seen quite a, quite a lot of trusts appointing new trustees or a, a, another lead trustee. Um, now, I was listening because you actually said that uh, there was a 1st of September 2022 deadline. Um, now, we've obviously seen that pass. So what what's happened if I haven't registered my trust? Yes, yeah, that, that deadline is obviously uh, long past. 
Um, so any failure to register a trust uh, can actually result in a fine from HMRC. Um, and it's important to note that whilst the lead trustee is responsible for completing the TRS registration and keeping it up to date, HMR consider all trustees equally responsible and therefore liable. Although this deadline has now passed, HMRC has stated that in recognition of the fact that the registration requirements are a new and unfamiliar obligation for trustees, there will be no penalty for a first offence, either for failure to register or late registration, unless this is due to a deliberate action by the trustees. What this means for trustees is that should HMRC become aware of a trust which has not been registered by the relevant deadline, a warning letter will be issued. If issued, trustees must register the trust within the deadline stipulated in the letter. Otherwise, a fine may be issued to the trustees. Trustees need to be made aware that if they receive such penalty, this will be of their personal liability and HMRC can issue fines of up to £5,000. So that sounds potentially serious. Mm. Um, and, and, and obviously sending out these warning letters. So what's the, what's the current situation? What are HMRC actually doing? Well, Eddie, not a lot, to be honest. HMRC have not issued any fines to anyone so far, and we are unaware of the amount of warning letters handed out. But we've also noticed a flurry of activity that we've seen amongst practices last summer has also seemed to slow down. Additionally, we've also started seeing HMRC put in place the processes to hand out these fines on the HMRC TRS manual. HMRC estimate that there are around half a million to a million trusts that require registration, and it's really important that we don't forget about talking to clients about the importance of TRS and getting those trusts registered. Eddie, I'd also like to just fit in a quick important reminder in terms of discrepancy checks surrounding TRS registration. So when establishing a business relationship that concerns a registrable trust, there's an obligation for financial advisors to check whether the trust is registered on the TRS and if already registered that there are no material discrepancies. An example of a material discrepancy can be that a, a registrable trust that has not been registered on the TRS, information is missing from the proof of registration document or the TRS record does not contain all the beneficial owners of the trust. If this is the case and the trust has, been, has not registered or a material discrepancy is discovered, this should be resolved with a trustee or agent by either registering the trust or resolving the discrepancy. Once resolved, the discrepancy does not need to be reported to HMRC. However, if it can't be resolved, it must be reported to HMRC as soon as reasonably practical. There is no set time frame in recognition of the fact that you may wish to um, talk to the trustee directly before judging whether a discrepancy report is required. Um, additionally, on discovery of any discrepancy, careful consideration should be made to suspend any business relationship until the discrepancy is resolved. If believed to be a deliberate action in order to conceal money laundering or terrorist financing, then a suspicious activity report should also be made to HMRC. That sounds pretty comprehensive. <laughs> yes. So um, you're our guru when it comes to trust registration, and, and I know you've, you've, you've helped to register so many trusts over the last uh, six months in particular. Um, now, there must be some common uh, errors that perhaps you could share with our listeners so that they don't make them. Absolutely, Eddie. From my experience, there have been several common errors that trip people up during registration. This can range to tripping up at the first hurdle when selecting the type of account needed. For example, they select an individual account instead of an organisational account that is needed for the TRS. 
or an understanding of whether their trust is an express trust when asked during the registration process. Or another example is when individual beneficiaries named in the trustee need to be included, or when a class of beneficiaries need to be included. However, the most common issue I come across is problems when trying to gain access to the TRS after the declaration of registration. It's really important that for the registration process, you have all the information required to hand and note down and collate all the information received from HMRC. This includes stuff such as the government gateway ID, your passwords, the URN number, and anything else received from HMRC. It saves you from having to be on hold with the HMRC helpline, which I'm sure no one enjoys. Additionally, the proof of registration document must also be put together with all your information as from April 2023, HMRC are only accepting the proof of registration document as evidence for the trust registration. So this is a really important step to carry out. So that's pretty comprehensive and really helpful uh, tips and guidance for uh, trustees and their and their advisors. Um, so I know we've put together a suite of support for for advisors, um, and and you've been instrumental in doing that. Um, could you just sort of help navigate us through the support that we offer for the trust registration service? Sure, yeah. As you previously mentioned, there's a huge amount of support that's already on TechLink with FAQs, videos and webinars that you can also find a really popular client-facing guide that walks clients through the registration process. So along with the series of documents and videos that we have um, to help with this obligation of the TRS, we also provide a comprehensive mezzanine service. So this TRS mezzanine service is an opportunity for either yourself or one of your support team to receive step-by-step -step guidance on how to create a government gateway organisation ID, step-by-step -step guidance on how to complete HMRC's trust registration form. This is usually done over Zoom and I can talk you through the completion process. Uh, additionally, you can also choose to have this mezzanine service with one of your lead trustee clients attending. You should include just their name and email on the booking form and I'll get into the details in terms of how you can contact me to use this service. Alternatively, as part of our support framework for the TRS, we are now providing a TRS agency service. So acting on behalf of your client, we can register the trust ourselves and save you from the hassle that the TRS uh, provides a lot of people. All the information for the TRS and TRS agency booking can be found on TechLink. And for any further details or help and support, feel free to contact me via email which I'm sure can be found in the podcast description. Brilliant. Sounds like loads of support. And I know you've been incredibly busy uh, over, over the last six months yeah. in particular. Um, now, just trying to bring things together at the end, um, we always ask our guests to share three great tips um, from, from the podcast, um, which uh, will help our listeners. So what would your three great tips be today? Yeah, yeah. I guess my first first tip surrounding the TRS would be to make sure that you're using all the resources, materials, and services available to you to help you guide yourself and your client through the TRS process and stay up to date with the ever changing world of the TRS as HMRC begin to implement penalties and and further develop uh, this service. Um, my number two tip would be to make sure all relevant trusts are registered and that any details of the trust change to make sure to log back on and maintain your trust details so that all of your information is up to date. I guess my third and final tip would be to make sure to collate all the details and information from the trust registration 
and store it somewhere safe and accessible. Most notably, the proof of registration documents that I previously talked about. Brilliant. And um, many of the listeners know I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Desert Island Dis. And, and, and in true Desert Island Dis fashion, as the waves come in and, and take away two of your great tips and leave you just one you could keep, which, which one would you keep uh, out of the three? That's a great question, Eddie. I think all three uh, points are really important. Um, but I guess the second one, in terms of making sure all your relevant trusts are registered and that all of the details of the trust are updated, if anything changed, are probably um, the one that I, I would keep. Um, but if possible, I would also swim out and make sure to go get those other two tips back if they do get washed away. <laughs> full, full of innovation. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, uh, Ben. Uh, really helpful uh, insights and thank you for sharing them uh, with us. Thank you. Thank you very much, Eddie. Thank you for having me on. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any lost occasion as a result of any such action or inaction.